You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Well, we demand your attention three times a week on the Odyssey (laughs) Sports Podcast Network. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, the 415ers coming at you. As always, Evan Giddings and Mark Grandy. Pardon me, Mark. I do think that's an interesting question on the D-line because this is where... And look, it's only one game, but I do think that I kind of have not not necessarily a theory, but just like a a running note of things about the 49ers that I I find to be interesting. One of which is the running back room and how much of a revolving door it's been and the, I guess, the the production that it hasn't lacked. Like it's kind of just been in motion, very consistent, no matter who's been in the backfield. Well, I think this is a week should Nick Bosa not play, and maybe even if he does, because he'll probably be limited, he won't be 100%. This will be a week where we find out if the defensive line can play musical chairs and be a rotating door and still play at a high level. And we know that for the running back group, but I'm not sure if we've found out that on the D-line yet. So there's a lot of guys right now that have been productive to the point this season. I mean, Look, Kevin Givens, Hassan Ridgeway, we might see a lot more of Drake Jackson, the rookie out of USC. Like, there's going to be some of those backups in recent weeks that will get a chance to strut their stuff more against Atlanta. And we'll find out if that depth is really, like you said, as highly valued as a lot of people have made it out to be. I mean, just the amount of bodies the 49ers can throw at you is valuable in and of itself. But we'll find out how good they are against a Falcons team that is not necessarily prolific, but they do kind of wear you down over the course of a game. And so to me, what I'm looking for is, all right, how can they keep the Falcons in check as far as the run is concerned? Can they contain uh, Mariota? Because, I mean, not necessarily as far as like, you know, him running for 100 yards, but I just mean like keep him in the pocket. Um, Force him to throw the football. That's how I would assume that the 49ers are going to try to ask the Falcons to beat them is through the air rather than on the ground. So can they do that? And can they maintain the level of production that they have the first five weeks? Maybe not, but the theory of whether the D line can be like the new running back group is something that I'm certainly paying attention to. That's an interesting comparison. I like it. And you know, you mentioned how the Falcons might try to attack, you know, the, the 49ers defense. And, and D'Amico Ryans was talking about that on Thursday, saying they, they're they going to run the ball. They, they're not trying to hide it. They don't disguise it. They're telling you they're going to run the ball, and they do run the ball, and they've been pretty good running the ball so far this year. Uh, you know, Cordell Patterson, who we mentioned earlier, he's out. He was their starting running back, had a couple of monster games the first three weeks. Uh, he he willed the Falcons to victory against the uh, Seattle Seahawks in week three up in Seattle, but he's out. 
They kind of have like a, a three-headed rushing attack now, not including Marcus Mariota, who will run a bit as well from the quarterback position. But Tyler Algier, Caleb Huntley, and Avery Williams, you're probably going to see all of them with a handful of carries on Sunday. Um, they're going to cycle in. They're going to stay relatively fresh against this 49ers front seven. Uh, we'll probably see them run the ball a lot. What's interesting, though, from Atlanta, you figure – a team that loves to run the ball and that has been pretty good at it so far this year. They probably have a pretty good, uh, you know, run blocking offensive line, right? Actually, no, they are the strength of their offensive line is pass blocking. They rank third in the NFL in pass block win rate from ESPN. Uh, Jake Matthews, Caleb McGarry, Drew Dahlman, they've all been really good on the offensive line for Atlanta but you consider the fact that they've blocked well on passing plays. They really haven't thrown the ball well. And, and most of that, unfortunately for my fellow University of Oregon graduate, uh, Marcus Mariota, is because he hasn't played that well. I mean, he's, he's completing 48% of his passes the last two games. That's not good. He's been sacked 12 times this season, despite the fact that his offensive line is blocking really well on passing downs. That's simply too much. He's holding on to the ball too long. He's trying to do too much with his legs. Uh, he's getting sacked. So um, despite the fact that this is a good pass-blocking team, Evan, I do think there are opportunities for the 49ers defensive line, regardless of who is rushing the passer, to get out and get after Marcus Mariota simply because this is a team that isn't playing that well. It doesn't seem like he trusts his targets down the field that often. We've talked about Kyle Pitts. Don't know what the hell is going on there. Um but but I think there are opportunities for this 49er team to limit Atlanta. We talked about their run game. The Niners, the best rushing defense in the league, allowing about three yards per carry defensively. And then we know about the pressure that they can put on quarterbacks. So I do think regardless of who is out there, we will see this Niner defense have some success, especially um, against that, you know, the quarterback and, and, and the passing game of the Falcons. Yeah, I do wonder how much the effectiveness in the pass – uh, for the offensive line is due to the fact that everyone is kind of gearing up for the run. Like the defensive lines are generally not pinning their ears back because they know that a running back is going to get by them if they're overly aggressive. So I, I do, I do kind of wonder how much, um, you know, through the first five weeks there is to that, but, but it's definitely something to take note of, especially if you're potentially without your best pass rusher in Nick Bosa. Um, I got a Marcus Mariota stat for you, Mark. Oh, give it to me. Right now, he's on pace for 3,150 passing yards. That would be 200 more yards than Michael Vick ever threw for with the Atlanta Falcons. Wow. Does that mean anything to you? Uh, Marcus Mariota is basically Michael Vick. (laughs) Yeah, wake me when he's, you know, breaking off like 60-yard runs (laughs) every game. Uh, I mean... I'm not sure you're you're breaking much <laughs> news there with that one. I appreciate the effort. I mean, I'm always here to support my fellow Ducks, but I don't know about that one. I'm just trying to fit it in. Uh, no, but basically, like, so I believe Drake London, his his leading receiver right now, the the rookie out of USC, who who honestly he could probably get the ball to more and hasn't. Yeah. Um. You know, but Pitts is third behind. I'm not even going to try and say his first name. I'll butcher it. But uh, Zacchaeus is his last name. Uh, the second leading receiver for the Falcons. So, you know, there are some 
quote unquote weapons for the Falcons to use. It's just a matter of getting them the football. And maybe this is a week without, like you mentioned, uh, Cordero, Scordero, for all of those of you who follow fantasy football, without Patterson in the backfield, maybe this is a week where, you know, Mariota and the Falcons try and throw the ball a little bit more. I don't think he's thrown for any more than like 220 yards this year. Not to say that that'll change. Uh, and I believe the 49ers as a defense have allowed two passing touchdowns or two touchdowns through the year as a defense of the five. So, I mean, it's very difficult to throw on these guys, but then again, you know, Emmanuel Mosley, his season is done. What's going to happen at the corner position. And maybe it's another duck in the Amador Lenore, like, um, you know, there, there are definitely options and, and that's actually something, even though it's not a strength of the Falcons, I'm also paying attention to is okay. With Ward clearly covering up one side of the field or, or whoever they, they want to put him on, how is the other corner going to react to whether it be London or Zacchaeus or even Kyle Pitts, if they decide to finally throw him the football. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Yeah, I'm I'm really interested in, you know, that other corner. Who is it going to be replacing Emmanuel Mosley? Uh, Jason Verrett, they've opened his window to return from injury. Reading the tea leaves, it, it doesn't seem like he's going to play in this game. We'll probably know, you know, in a few hours uh, recording this here Friday morning. Uh, probably not going to know until later today, the latest update from Kyle Shanahan. Um, but we might, you know, see, you mentioned Diamador Lenore. We saw a lot of Ambry Thomas last year. He's kind of fell down the pecking order, it seems like. I'm guessing we'll probably see Samuel Womack, uh, a little bit more of him, who we saw early in the season, but then Diamador Lenore kind of stepped past him on the depth chart, the pecking order. We'll probably see more Womack. We'll, we'll see some Diamador Lenore. And then when Verrett is ready to come back, he'll probably step into to most of that role. Um so I, I am interested in that. I think all all of this, the injuries to the defensive line, the injuries, the defensive secondary, it just puts that much more pressure on Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw. And I think we kind of brush it off, Evan. We being, you know, you know, those of us that that cover the 49ers, how good the linebacker play has been, despite the fact that they lost one of their starters, Aziz Al Shire. Aziz is a fantastic player, and I'm not speaking any will uh, uh, any ill of him, but the Niners haven't really missed him all that much. And it's because of Dre Greenlaw. We've, we've even seen Demetrius Flanagan foul, uh, fouls get in and, and and play decent in some limited action as well. Um, a lot of the credit goes to Fred Warner. He's just great, and he's an Iron Man. Never seen that that guy miss a, a game. Knock on wood that that continues, of course. Uh, and Dre Greenlaw has been really good. They have stepped up when they've been asked to do more so far, and maybe this is the game where they're asked to do more than they ever have because of the injuries kind of bookending their defense and they're right there stuck in the middle. Yeah, I think those questions are why the line is currently San Francisco minus five as opposed to, you know, maybe like the, the seven it was last week opening yeah. against Carolina. Uh, speaking of which, let's get to it, Mark. Predictions for the game. Week six, 49ers down in the ATL taking on the Falcons. 
I think that this game and the, the the total is a little bit interesting to me considering the low amount it's been for the 49ers each of the past I'd say three weeks. Yeah. 44 and a half and a Falcons team that isn't necessarily running up the scoreboard. Um I, I do think the 49ers take care of business in this game. I do think it's going to be close though. Not necessarily in a back and forth type lead change battle, but the Falcons have shown that they are a pesky group that doesn't give up and are a team that, you know, if they're down 16 to the Rams can come back and make it a close game. Uh, if they're down by double digits to the Buccaneers and Tom Brady on the road can come back and make it a close game. I think they do something similar, but fall a bit short to the 49ers. I'm going to say it is San Francisco 27 Atlanta 24. And so that over will hit. All right. Interesting. I have a very, very similar prediction as you quickly to your point. I think this will be a competitive game through five games, which includes some pretty good teams. I mean, you have the saints, you know, they're not great, but you know, they're a decent team. The Rams uh, defending Super Bowl champions, despite the fact that they have struggled the Browns with Jacoby percent, they're nothing special, but they're not a bad team and the Buccaneers. And then of course the Seahawks Uh, week one, Lost by one, week two, lost by four, week three, win by four, week four, win by three. And last week they lose by six. So all games decided by a score. Uh, So, you know, what does that say? This is a team with their running attack. They're going to keep things close. Uh, They're going to kind of shorten games down with longer drives. And I, I think as a result, this game will stay close as well. I do think the Niners cover. Uh, I say they also get 27 points. But 27 to 20, San Francisco is my score prediction. The over also hits in this game, which is uh, kind of a, a bold. I know the over hit yes or last week, but uh, I think we've we've talked about on past episodes. Just take unders every single time. You'll you'll come out on top. <laughs> but I, I think this might be one of the exceptions because of the injuries defensively, and the Niner offense is feeling better. I think they'll put up a, a few points. So 27 20. I had the Niners coming out on top, putting their third in a row and improving to four and two. Perhaps my biggest question, though, Mark, and I, I just looked up a random prop for those of you degenerates out there. Okay, uh, I'm interested. Can the 49ers defense score for a third straight week? Oh, what are the odds on that one? <laughs> the 49ers defense anytime touchdown is plus 525. Is that just actually, defense or does that include special teams? Do you know? It's defense and special teams, sorry. Okay. Yes, so it's both. But I thought it was interesting because that is better odds to score a touchdown than Jawan Jennings <laughs> and Jimmy Garoppolo, <laughs> who has been known to, you know, take one in himself from time to time. I just think it's funny that the defense has better odds than members in the offense to score. Uh, that, that that, is... that's, that's how good the Niners' defense has been lately. That is pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, I would probably not bet that this week. It's happened two weeks in a row. Your defense is a little uh, banged up at the moment. Uh, don't call me a hater, but I, I would probably stay away from that one this week if I if I were putting some, some chicken down on it. Yeah, I, I might zig where Mark zags, but I guess we'll find out on Sunday. Um, that'll do it for this episode of the 415ers. Mark, appreciate you as always. Uh, three times a week, Odyssey Sports Podcast Network. Download, rate, subscribe, five stars. Uh, that That's the minimum. We've been getting a lot of five stars, Mark. I, I must say, not as many as an SEC school, but you know, a, a pretty good amount. <laughs> Maybe as many as uh, Oregon does, huh? 
Well, not many. <laughs> I, I, we get more than Oregon, I, I think. Okay, that's fair. All right, uh, we'll we'll be coming at you on Monday with the reaction episode to 49ers-Falcons. In the meantime, enjoy the 10 a.m. game. Try to enjoy your red zone as well. And uh, Mark and I will talk to you next time. Take it easy, everyone.